Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Well, Ray Comfort of Living Waters visited the Meeting House again recently and he covered the area of praying effectively, including the importance of Christians possessing a fear of the Lord as we come before Him in prayer. Material from that conversation is ahead. Then, on last week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, you heard comments from Joe Hancock of His Vessel Ministries, who brought observations and spiritual analysis from her visit to Asbury University in Kentucky. On this edition, you'll be hearing from Abby Laub, who handles communication for Asbury, sharing the experience from the viewpoint of a university staff member. And on this edition of The Intersection, there are comments from Ben Davies, an actor who is familiar to Christian film viewers, who was one of the stars of Courageous and now is featured in a romantic comedy film in which he plays a character sent by his real estate company to foreclose on the female lead's family farm. Finally, Craig Delisio grew up with a mother and stepfather and did not know his biological father until later in life. But his home was far from happy. In fact, he says that emotionally he was like an orphan, which affected his view of God. But the Lord has worked powerfully in his life to bring healing. You'll be hearing a piece of his story on this edition of The Intersection. Well, The Intersection is a production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. Ray Comfort is CEO of the Ministry of Living Waters and is a well-known evangelist. He has written a book that offers biblical direction on building an effective prayer life entitled How to Make Sure God Hears Your Prayers, a book which hinges on the notion of a Christian possessing and walking in the fear of the Lord. From that recent Meeting House conversation, here is Ray Comfort. Well, you just have to see your own sinfulness. I am exploding every day with gratitude. Mm. Gratitude is a a uh, uh, um, high-octane fuel that drives me to do the will of God. And I delight to do it when you've got a high-octane fuel driving is easy. And I delight to do God's will because I've seen my own sin. I see that I see that under God's justice I'm worthy of hell, but he gave me heaven. Mm. That cross isn't just Jesus dying on the cross. That cross is an expression of God's love and his kindness, that he made provision for me, for me to be forgiven. You know, when you look at the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, whoever looks upon a woman and lusts for her has committed adultery with her in his heart. And that was like an arrow that went through my chest the night of my conversion. I said, I'm done. God's seen my thought life. I'm going to end up in hell. And that's when I understood the cross, that I broke the law, the Ten Commandments, the moral law, and Jesus came and paid my fine. And so I have no trouble reconciling the fear of God with the love of God. The justice of God with the mercy of God, they balance. God is rich in mercy to all that call upon him. The scriptures say, behold, the goodness and the severity of God. All around us, uh, uh, examples of severity and goodness. Uh, gravity, what a wonderful thing gravity is. Without it, we'd all float off in space. I don't know what would happen to us. But you transgress that gravity, just fall 10 feet onto concrete, and gravity will kill you. You know, you touch the raw electricity. Electricity makes their life so much uh, more comfortable with lighting and heating, etc. But you violate it. You touch that raw electricity, it's going to cook your body. It's going to kill you. And so behold the goodness and severity of God. And that cross is an expression of his love and his justice. What a fearful thing that God would go to such an extreme, extreme 
to satisfy eternal justice, that he had become a person and suffer and die on a cross so that I could be forgiven, that makes me fear, and it's a wholesome fear. Let me share an experience I had a long time ago. I was 16 years old. This is rather personal. 16 years old, and I found myself as a non-Christian six years before I saved at the back of a dance hall at night in long grass with a really pretty 16-year-old female. It was like heaven for a guy my age. And as we lay there in the grass, my intentions were not honorable, but she said something that put the fear of God in me. It was just five words, I think. She just said this, you know what? God's watching us. And I thought, what? It was like a bucket of ice came down from the heavens. I just stood up and said, let's go back into the dance. I look back and say, thank God for the fear of the Lord, because it made me depart from evil, as the scriptures say. I had evil intentions. I stopped when I realized that God saw everything. I could have got her pregnant. I could have brought shame to her family, shame to my family, maybe instigated an abortion. So I look back and say, oh, the fear of the Lord is good. It's pure, as the Mm. scriptures say. And it's healthy. And if you get the fear of God in your heart, you'll protect yourself. Never, ever separate or divorce sin from death. The Bible doesn't. They're bedfellows. Sin and death go hand in hand. The soul that sins, it shall die. The wages of sin is death. Lust brings forth sin. Sin, as one can see, brings forth death. So if we can't hate sin for what it is, we must hate it for what it does. And the fear of the Lord will help us to keep our hearts free of it. Ray Comfort here on The Intersection. You can find out more by going to the website livingwaters.com. Next on this edition of The Intersection Podcast, it's the Director of Strategic Communications for Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. Her name is Abby Lobb, and in a recent Meeting House conversation, she chronicled and reflected on events at the university that occurred in February of 2023 involving extended prayer, worship, and confession at the school, events that became catalysts for similar meetings at other college campuses. Here now from that Meeting House conversation is Abby Lobb. Everybody who works here, you know, I, I would I would argue really does feel called to be here. You know, we're a small community. We care about our students and, and we recognize that this that God was moving in their hearts. I mean, we all saw it before our eyes. We all saw it among students we know. It, it was like just the change that only God can do. And so... Because of that, like nobody wanted to just say like, hey, revival is struck Asbury because, you know, that word gets thrown around and like, okay, God is giving this outpouring of himself onto these students. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, just the humility and saying like, we have to hold this very carefully. Like it's not ours to hold. Like we just want to be open to what he's doing and just be very hospitable, you know, just we're a very hospitable place. And we we saw, okay, all these people want to come here. (laughs) Like. They all want to come here. We need to, you know, put aside, okay, we're, we'll just have to rest later, you know, like put just put aside like, oh, we can't do that. Like, no, we wanted people to feel welcome. We wanted to have enough, you know, humility just to recognize like God is moving in people's hearts and, and we don't want to make it about us in any way. You know, even with handling the media, it's like we we were happy that media wanted to come because it gave us a chance to share what God was doing mm-hmm. all over the news. And that's not something that you get to do every day. <laughs> right. So, but even with handling that, it's like, Oh, you know, just questions that we had to ask, like, Oh, where do we let cameras go? Oh, no cameras on the altar. Like, Oh, you know, just like these real time, real time decisions of how, how we honor this space, how we, how we honor, you know, if there's a kid giving a testimony, he probably doesn't want that on TV, you know? So just like, recognizing things like that 
in the moment with humility, recognizing it's not about us. It was just minute by minute conversations, prayers, like it happened very, very much in real time. And very much organically led by the Holy Spirit. It's not, obviously, it's not something you planned. You didn't schedule a chapel service for February <laughs> 8th no and manual. say, right, <laughs> you know, we're going to start at 10 and we're going to go for uh, 16 days. Yeah. What would you say as as now you've had the opportunity to to interface with students and leadership and to really process what has taken place at Asbury over that very special time period. Yeah. What would you say would be the the main effects of what has transpired on the, the campus and what are you hearing from students? Uh, just such gratitude, such, such gratitude. Lives changed. I mean, just little things like, you know, God has just a way. Uh, it's mm -hmm. just amazing. Like we had students who were here that first weekend for the scholarship competition and, and they were like, let's go check out what's happening here. And multiple students who were here for that weekend gave their lives to Christ that night. And so just like we just kept seeing God's provision and like his hand and all this. And there's no other reaction really that you can have except gratitude and, and humility. And so and then just like, ah, you know, <laughs> like this was not anything that we planned, but people just kept coming here. And then the stories we were hearing from people who were coming from around the world, like we had people here from Russia, Australia, Japan, Latvia, wow. Norway, Brazil, everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> and they're all sharing stories of what was happening in their countries. And so to hear that was just like, we couldn't believe it. <laughs> Because, you know, we were just here, we were here in it and just doing our best to welcome people and keep everybody safe and traffic and, oh, you know, like all the things. And so to hear them come in and hear like, oh, my gosh, like you're all talking about this in your churches and your schools. There's been how many 220 plus colleges and universities who came here. Mm. And so just when you hear that, it's so much gratitude, so much humility. I mean, there's nothing that... He, any human ever could have planned or pulled off. So we still, honestly, I think we're all still kind of processing. Sure. <laughs> I don't think anybody here really has had a chance to just, wow, it's, it's remarkable. Abby Lobb here on the intersection. The Asbury website is asbury, A-S-B-U-R-Y dot E-D-U. Well, this is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming menu at faithradio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center. That's the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection Podcast and the Meeting House radio program. You can also find links to the intersection, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. Plus, you can watch video of Meeting House guests through the Faith Radio YouTube channel. The link is provided there on the homepage. Recently added content can be found there from the Winter 2023 Christian Product Expo held in Columbus, Georgia. Also, through the Meeting House homepage, there are links to two blogs. One is The Three, with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room, with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. 
Conversations from the Meeting House can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. Just search for Faith Radio Podcast. Next up on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's actor Ben Davies. He's familiar to Christian film viewers. He was one of the stars of the film Courageous. Now is featured in a romantic comedy film called Cream of the Crop, available on Pure Flix, in which he plays a character who is sent by his real estate company to foreclose on the female lead's family farm. Here now from that recent Meeting House conversation is Ben Davies. Cream the Crop is a romantic comedy, which is so refreshing in today's day and age, really, because the culture has shifted so much where it's it's rare for you to be able to just kick back after a week, stream a movie, and enjoy and not be lectured to about, about what's going on in the world. And uh, it really it's awesome to see just a really great family romantic comedy movie with conservative values, with faith values, like woven throughout it. Um, and that's one, probably one of the reasons why Pure Flix really targeted the film, because it really fits what they're looking for and what they, would, what they want to put out there. And um, In the movie, you get to follow my character, who's Mike, and uh, he's an aspiring real estate developer. Um, he's kind of trying to follow in his father's footsteps, even though he doesn't he knows where it leads and it doesn't lead to necessarily a place where he feels like he should go. Mm. And um, along the way, he ends up running into this girl who has a completely different lifestyle where she's been raised on a farm in very strict traditions and, and uh, different roles that they're, they, that they're required to, uh, to maintain. However, because the world changing around them, they're not adapting to figure out, okay, like how, how do we keep this life going? Like, how do we make the most, how do we keep what we know what we've worked a hundred years to build? And um, you get to see these kind of a fish out of water story romance where me and this farm girl try to figure out, okay, where where do we where can we learn from each other and how can we build something new how can we you know save what is so important to so many people and um it was really fun to explore that with uh that a great cast and a really good group of people and i think a lot of people will enjoy being able to throw on a movie and laugh and actually you know see a movie where you know the the girl actually does want the guy in the movie versus like all the movies today where it feels like the roles are reversed and then everyone ends up being themselves at the end but uh, this is nice where you have a nice arc with all the characters, and I think people can really enjoy themselves watching from beginning to end. Well, just a note, you you are a real, what's called a real estate specialist. You actually are assigned to this case with respect to the uh, the lead actor, uh, lead actress, rather, Jodie Stafford. And you've actually been dispatched to go out to Jodie's farm and foreclose. So it doesn't sound like that the relationship got off to a, a very positive start. That's just my <laughs> that's my observation here. Without giving away too much, yeah. that does not happen until much later in the movie. To begin, it is kind of just like a uh, series of random events where I do find myself liking this girl and going to the farm to at least trying to, to uh to impress her and to prove that hey, real men like I'm a real man too kind of thing, which you know, if anyone who's worked in an office versus a guy that's worked on a farm, you know, the two very completely different worlds. And uh, so you get a little bit of uh, you get the fun back and forth there. And then, yeah, there's some really difficult decisions and uh, conflicts that pop up during the movie to, to make it interesting, which is fun. And um, yeah, you get to see Mike, Mike's, the struggle that he has when you have your career and your life set in place versus this new life you can have with, you know, someone that you love, but you don't know how it's going to work. Tell me just a bit about how the 
faith element is woven into this movie? That's done a lot more subtly than most of the quote-unquote Christian films that I've been a part of. Um, I, I often even say like a lot of Christian films, I mean, it is a very it's a specific genre, like things are going to happen. Just like if you, you watch a, a horror movie, you expect to have like jump scares and, you know, a few things like that happen. And um, you, you kind of know what you're getting into. And in a lot of faith films, you, of course, know someone who is uh, someone who's lost or just, you know, not disciplined in their faith that it's going to have a come to Jesus moment. And that's like kind of like their climax at the end. And to finish out the movie, this this movie much is more in line with uh, just having the traditional romance comedy, but having the conservative values woven throughout it like you're not going to see anything neg- you're not going to have language in the movie you're not going to have the, the negative storylines where you have the two people you know doing things they shouldn't when they're not married like that sort of thing uh you get to see them all the values portrayed on screen without necessarily like the uh, specific altar call moments but which is great to, 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 to see again because that used to be the standard in hollywood that used to be mm. what got people in the seats they knew that hey we're going to bring our families to see these movies. We're going to, or we're going to go see a movie. We're not going to feel disgusting afterwards. We're going to go to a movie, be entertained. It's going to be in line with our Christian values. It's going to be in line with our cultural values as Americans. Um, and this is more going back to movies in that traditional sense, where you know you're not going to have the kind of Hollywood injected nonsense in a project. It's more just the things that we actually watch a movie for, which is to be entertained and have a good time and. And this doesn't conflict with any of your Christian or conflict with any of your traditional or Christian values. Ben Davies here on the intersection. You can find him on social media by going to Ben Davies, D A V I E S, actor. Well, the intersection podcast continues now with Craig Delicio. He grew up with a mother and stepfather, but did not know his biological father until later in life. But his home was far from happy. In fact, he says that emotionally, he was like an orphan, which affected his view of God. But the Lord has worked powerfully in his life to bring healing. He has written a book called An Orphan in the House of God. Here now from a recent Meeting House conversation, it's Craig Delisio. When you identified as Baptist, if, you, if that was your denomination or any Protestant denomination, it fostered a closeness just because you were so different. I was the only, I know of, the only Baptist on my street. Um and that's that wasn't it wasn't like animosity. It was just I was different, and so we sort of, you know, we sort of closed ranks. And I grew up with the same faces, the same kids. I, I went, I met at nine years old, and a lot of us went to the Christian high school. And it was the church became legalistic. There was a, a legalism that swept through the independent Baptist churches in the late seventies and kind of through the eighties. And this church kind of fell victim to it. And I, I later I understood it. The pastor wasn't trying to be controlling. He just didn't want to see his people fall. And so they just started naming it. Oh, everything's a sin. It's easier to say that. And then you just stay away from it all. But that made it easy for me to fool myself. I'm, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm obeying all the rules. I, I must be a good kid. But there wasn't any closeness. I always dreaded God. It was it was like Oz. Mm. I felt like the cowardly lion. Every time I tried to come to his presence, the, the flames would shoot out and that big, ugly head would appear and, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And I lived like that for 50 years. I mm. got saved at nine years old. I finished this book uh, three days after my 59th birthday last September. And um, I started writing it because I just needed to get this all out. And I wrote for six months and uh, probably around uh, 
July of 2022, last year, I had my first breakthrough. I was, I, you know, again, I get up super early in the morning and I was sitting on my couch at 4, 4.30 in the morning praying, God, you got to show me something. I have written for six months and it's all been mm-hmm. so dark and so bad and so much orphanage. You, I have no archetype for what it is to be your child. Show me what mm-hmm. it is. And God showed me something in my daughter's childhood. Now, my daughter's 24 now, but you know, I, 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 I pride myself. I was a good dad. I, I did the opposite of what I was raised. And you'll either repeat your, your bad family or you'll make it different. And I chose to make it different. And God showed me this one scene. And, I, you know, I don't think that sharing it gives away the book. People will still want to buy it, I hope. <laughs> but my daughter was four years old, and she came running into my, my room. I had, we were living in Tennessee, and I had a home office when I wasn't at my office office. I could work from home. It was my weekend with her, and she came running into my room and jumped up in my lap, and she said, Daddy, can I have a Barbie Jeep? And she was four years old. And I, I kind of was on my radar already because we had a power wheel somebody had given us, and she loved it, and she was in the Barbie phase. And I said to her, well, it's kind of late in the year. Um, I can't go get one today, but let's put it on our list and see if either I get it or if Santa gets it for you for Christmas. And she was perfectly happy with that, and she – gave me a big hug and went back to watch TV. No pouting, no questioning, nothing. And God showed me that. And I could see it. It was almost like I felt her jump in my lap that morning. And God showed me, see, she never hesitated. She knew my dad loves me. I can Mm. ask him for anything. And he'll, he'll say yes, if it's good for me. And if it's, you know, if it's a good thing, if it's not a good thing, he'll say no, but he'll explain it to me. And it may be sometimes it's like, I can't do it today, but we'll do it. And, and he's kept his word all through life, so I, I, don't have, I don't have to pout. I don't have to beg. I just trust him. She didn't t- come in and say, Daddy, I promise I'll take care of it. I'll clean my room. I'll get better mm. grades. I, she didn't have to negotiate. She just came in, jumped in my lap, and said, can I have a Barbie Jeep? And Brennan Manning relates in the Ragamuffin Gospel, the story of his little next-door neighbor. The, the next-door neighbor had a four-year-old little boy. And whenever they would come visit, the little boy would just fling the front door open and say, hey, Brennan, where's the cookies? Because he knew that Brennan's wife always had cookies in the, in the kitchen, and he just went in and had some. And, and that boldness is what Paul talks about when he said, come boldly to the throne of grace to find strength and help in time of need. I never could approach God boldly, because it takes a child to do that. Children yeah. are bold. Children don't have—they're innocent. They don't have shame yet. They don't have doubt. If they have good parents, they can— they are bold, and they ask for big things. And if the answer is yes, then good. And if the answer is no, then they know. The thing I know most is my dad loves me, so if he says no, it's for my best. And I finally learned that in the process of writing this book. Craig Delisio here on The Intersection. You can find him online at Craig Delisio. That is spelled D-A-L-I-E-S-S-I-O, CraigDelisio.com. We're nearing the end of this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can find out more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. There is a link to The Meeting House homepage through the drop-down menu there. Through The Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to The Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests heard on The Intersection Podcast and The Meeting House radio program. You can also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple Podcast feed. 
Plus, you can connect to the Faith Radio YouTube channel where you can watch video of Meeting House guests. There are two blogs that are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.